0: I'm Logan and I'm Ryan, and this is automatic for the people
1: it's automatic, it's automatic, it's automatic.
0: hey, everybody. welcome back to Automatic for the People, a Mr. robot podcast for uh, a little while longer. Um, but we're we're pretty close to the end, uh, so much so that we're talking about the two-part finale, Who Am I? and Hello, Elliot. So, spoilers abound. If you didn't watch it, it's been like a month. I don't know how you haven't watched it yet.
1: (laughs) It's been two weeks. Uh, It feels like a month. (laughs) Actually, I had not even been two weeks yet, I don't think. Yeah, it has. Maybe close to three weeks.
0: It was the Sunday before Christmas.
1: Yeah, So so
0: close to three weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, spoilers. Um, like I said, if you haven't watched it, I don't know why you'd be listening to this, but here we are. Uh, I am losing my voice. So, um, there's that. And hopefully the, uh, internet will hold up cause we were having internet problems too. So it's going to be, it's going to be like the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Um so I don't even know where to start. I guess what did you think about the finale?
1: Um, I thought it was a good end. Um I kinda I called like
0: it on social media just doing your freaking victory laugh of like, nailed it, nailed it, nailed well,
1: it. Well, my my thought was a little bit kind of on the reverse side. But, I mean, I, I did say, what, a couple weeks... Well, a couple months ago now. Yeah, uh, there i think.
0: giving that thing. Yeah,
1: there's another Elliot. Um, like, we've seen these different versions of Elliot, but there's one that we haven't seen, or that we had seen is what I thought, that we had seen the other version of Elliot. We just didn't know. Which still could be a possibility. I mean, without Sam Esmail to go, that's the real Elliot. That's the real Elliot. That's the real Elliot. Um, my thought was much like yours about the dream sequence. That might be one of the only times that we saw the real Elliot. Of course, yeah. I didn't have that thought until after I saw the finale. But I was like, I immediately thought of, well, not immediately the more I thought about it, the more I thought about the dream sequence, the uh, drug-induced dream sequence, and Angela wearing the wedding dress, and him wearing the tuxedo, and um, she does say, you're not the real Elliot, and she's about to tell him who he is, and it cuts out. So, Uh, yeah, uh,
0: if anybody doesn't know, like, go back and watch, it's I said about 20 minutes in, but it might not be 20 minutes into season one, episode four. Is it Damon's?
1: Yes, it's Damon's.
0: Um, It might not be 20 minutes in, 15 minutes in, somewhere in there. Um, Just rewatch that episode. Uh, Elliot goes into a, uh, like, uh, his own little dream sequence Prison alternate reality whatever you Want to call it it's something we discussed A lot in season one And I'm surprised we didn't Get really heavy into it in our Rewatch <clears throat> But uh, Yeah he He goes into this Dream and None of it makes A lot of sense out of Context But and and I talked about this with Jess much, much to the show's credit Much to Sam Esmail's credit Like everything we needed to know We already knew We just didn't have the right context To understand that we already knew it I mean we've known for four and a half years That that's not the real Elliot They told us that's not the real Elliot Well, I
1: mean, season one alone did that with, I mean, they told you right off the bat that this is, this is not, this guy basically doesn't exist. I mean,
0: unreliable narrator,
1: right? And it was a constant throughout the show, but you couldn't, you couldn't grasp the, like you said, like there was no context to go, okay, yeah, he definitely doesn't exist. Well, because the,
0: the, Biggest part of that is Darlene because Darlene constantly, uh, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Where she validates
1: our well, she kind of panders to whichever personality exists at the time, uh,
0: right? And and she she uh she uh gives credit to that Elliot, like she. Because she acts like that's the real Elliot. And once we find out that she's his sister. Like we believe because she believes. Like it it just validates everything. Because uh, think about all of the. The brother sister moments that they have. Like the fights. Or the emotional moments. Especially in this season. The moment where they listen to the tape. Like, that just validates us, like, believing in Elliot. But it's just a version of Elliot.
1: Are you there?
0: Yeah. Is your internet
1: coming out again? No, no. It didn't tell me it was. It Uh, just got quiet. I was like, oh. (laughs) No, I mean, I didn't really...
0: Have anything to say outside of that Just that Darlene Constantly validates The existence And and becomes the proof That this is Elliot And it's not until that final scene with her Where she's like I knew Which is heartbreaking Uh, And I talked about this with Jess too Y'all will hear that conversation Um, But like One of the more frustrating things about this being the end is that we don't get to know a lot about Darlene and her struggle. Um, we just kind of know how she is with Elliot and learning that, um, basically she went along with a lot of this and like, just pretended that that was her Elliot because She lost her relationship with her brother because of the trauma, because of the molestation, like, and this gave her a lot of that back. And she didn't want to jeopardize, like, not having that relationship. So she just pretended. And that's really heartbreaking.
1: No I mean I agree Uh, I would have loved to see more about Dom and Darlene Uh, The fact that we didn't get it is Very disappointing but I mean you gotta wrap It up so They weren't what the show Was about
0: Um, I, I still think they both Got the They both wound up getting What they needed Maybe not what we wanted for them, but what they needed.
1: That's, yeah, that's, and, and that's the best way to wrap it up is, uh, she goes, Dar- Darlene comes back to where she needs to be. And Dom like faces all of the crap from her past.
0: I mean, right. she's her whole life running away from everything.
1: And Dom moves away from, I mean, she gets away from things that, Will hold her back here. Because she's so scared. Uh, I mean. First of all they won't let her see her family. Yeah. and But uh, you know. Eventually you got to think that works itself out. Further down the road for Dom. She's going to where she needs to be. Away from everything. Uh, but. There, to me there was. Other than going backwards. There's no other. Stuff we we needed to see that happened with Darlene and Dom. Yeah. Um, You want to see what happened before and then, yeah, maybe skip ahead to what happens in the future with Dom. But that also leaves us our own fairy tale. In our head, Uh, it was a very much like I said before, Ross and Rachel kind of thing. And the fact that we ended it there and we don't know if they ever cross paths again it leaves us a nice little visualization of yeah you can uh, draw your own yeah version. so um
0: sorry uh my head is so stopped up yeah we're both pretty sick <laughs> uh so the the first episode which i i i wish that we had just watched them and talked about them individually because the first episode or the first part or whatever, the Who Am I, is completely set in this, uh, what we still believe is an alternate universe. And like it, it plays on a lot of themes and emotions and like a lot of stuff from the past, uh, of this show, you know, seeing. Price in a different light, uh, seeing Angela's mom and his parents, Elliot's parents in a different light, uh, the fact that Darlene doesn't exist, um, which, uh, did you watch the dream sequ- sequence all the way to the the end at the table?
1: Um, I watched it until it cut to Darlene and, uh, what's her name? In the park and Darlene's like, I'm a menace to society or something like yeah. that.
0: Um, well, there's that scene where they're all sitting at the table or whatever.
1: You know what I'm talking about? I saw the one where they're all eating yeah. party. Yeah. No,
0: no, not that part. And it in the dream sequence. Maybe it's not in that dream sequence, huh? Um There's a scene where it shows like Everybody in the cast basically sitting around this table eating what's like basically like a Thanksgiving dinner.
1: Uh, It's probably just a cut scene that like it cut to Darlene and then cuts back to him, and I just never made it that far when I rewatched it. Okay,
0: I I meant to go back and rewatch that part because I want to know if Darlene was at the table because in this alternate universe quote unquote Darlene doesn't exist and so much of that is part of what uh winds up being you know this prison dream thing Uh, like I I couldn't remember if she was at the table or not so um
1: well I think the reason that Darlene doesn't exist is that
0: she knows Darlene, the truth.
1: <laughs> well, not just that. Uh, in this alternate reality, Darlene, he, pr- he did a lot of things to protect Darlene, which might have caused a lot of things, mental harm to himself, like falling out of the window. Right. Without Darlene, without him having to protect Darlene, there's a lot of things that don't happen. So it's easier for that world to... Him to exist in that world and there not be a Darlene for him to protect. Or vice versa, Darlene protecting him when he completely has mental breakdowns.
0: See, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it like that Um, because part of the, the thing was he was trying to protect Darlene and himself, right, as a child, Um, so by creating a world that doesn't have her, like that keeps him from having to be her savior, which like, because when you think about it, like on the surface, it's like, like, wow, that's messed up. He created this world and basically just killed his sister in it. Like that. That like it's different when it's an alternate universe you know like oh yeah okay but like when it, you find out it's a world he created in his mind it's like well that's messed up but like what well, f- based on what you're saying it's still messed up but it's it's like giving yourself this kind of peace that like it, it's kind of like if you imagined a world where you didn't have kids Like oh it's like you're imagining These people out of existence or whatever Like but you're also Like having a kid Which I know I don't have one But it means Literally worrying about somebody All the time For the rest of your life
1: I mean yeah basic I mean Having a sibling is like that too For the most part Um But as they get older, you become less of, like, a protector and more of, like, a friend. But in the Elliot that we see for four seasons, he's older, but he still needs protection from things that he doesn't know that he's doing. Right. So,
0: yeah, it's it's interesting that, like the to think that the reason she's not there is those two things so that he doesn't have to protect her when she's younger and he doesn't she doesn't have to protect him when he's older. Like this it's a weird kind of juxtaposition and makes it a little more palatable, I guess. Because that was one of the things I was like like, it's so messed up that Darlene just doesn't exist, you know, especially when you find out that it's a world that he created. But that actually makes a lot of freaking sense. I had not thought of it that
1: way. So. Uh, what's the name of the movie where Memento, it's kind of yeah. like Memento where he's writing his own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers for Memento. If yeah.
1: Seen it. But yeah, Um. He- he basically takes these people that... They're not great people, but decides he's going to tell so basically like his best friend, this is the bad guy. You know, like just because he gets upset and he basically creates his own alternate yeah. universe. Yeah. and And traps himself inside of it.
0: So and, that he can continually be... Uh, not happy because happy's not the right word. Like it's it's having a purpose. You yeah, know? he
1: needs the purpose of who killed my wife, or isn't it his wife and his kid? Yeah, or is it his wife? Well, no,
0: it's just his wife.
1: Yeah, and it, it, the truth is, he killed his wife, but he keeps making up his own narrative by getting these tattoos and writing these notes. To convince himself that someone else did it. Uh, This this reminded me a lot of the movie Identity, which I didn't love. But it was very interesting. And Memento. Yeah. Because Identity, he... Like, you watch the whole movie and you're like, Oh, crap, all of these guys are the same guy. Well, I
0: mean, this whole show is kind of a... Not, uh, I don't want to say a lesson, but a study in how everybody creates their own reality. Like, and Which, it's so bizarre. It's something we've talked about.
1: It's called disassociative identity, identity disorder. Different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but just people in general. And like I said, it's something we've talked about a lot, how like, you're not the bad guy of your story. Like, you You know, I mean, not unless you're just, like, there's something seriously wrong with you. People don't see themselves as the bad guy. And <clears throat> so, like, you kind of create this reality where you're the center of the universe, or, or alternatively not this, like, you... Feel like the center of the universe, but you're trying to make yourself not the center of the universe or like stuff that comes with anxiety and depression and, you know, all that stuff. But, uh, like the whole show was just kind of like a study in, in all of that, you know, like the world is never exactly the way you see it because you're only, you're seeing it so One-sided for the most part And your reality Is not Actual reality Like it's your reality But like that's not how Everybody else sees it Right Like you're acting a, a certain way Because of A, B, and C But people who don't know A, B, and C Think you're just acting like an asshole
1: So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very extreme version of the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Um, It might look all hunky-dory over there, but you don't know what's going on over there, you know. And it might look like trash over here, but we might be the closest family in the the whole world. Uh, It's very much... How yeah. you see the world. The glass is half full. The grass is always greener. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And so like him stepping into this other world that he created to trap the real Elliot. And seeing this this other... Well, you know, what he
1: finds is an Elliot who created... Him. Him. <laughs> and... Yeah. Just like I just said, like the grass is always like, cause we see that scene. I thought about this too. I just want to be normal and drink Starbucks and go to, you know, work parties and blah, blah, blah. Yep. That's, that's the alternate universe he created for the other Elliot. Yep. And when we meet the other Elliot, what did he create? He created the vigilante hacker that goes out to save the universe.
0: Because he wanted something more exciting.
1: Or the world, not the universe, but whatever. Yeah. But yeah, because he wanted something more exciting. Um, and I, I've thought about that dream sequence and that scene specifically, where he's, is it, what is it going to steal? My sunshine is playing. Yeah, and he's just bopping around and and what's his name's like? Does he? Did he have Starbucks?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um yeah, it's it's so bizarre to think about. Um and, and it's weird to think about how many times the show itself tried to tell us what was really or, or, that things still were not as they seemed to be. Like Elliot still was not right, like especially in season one. There were so many times characters are like, "What's up with you lately?" And it's just like because we didn't have the context, it doesn't make any. It's just like, "Oh well, it's because of the F society stuff." When yes, it is, but it's more because of like this is not really Elliot. Like Elliot doesn't walk around in a black hoodie. Uh, Elliot. Probably has anxiety and depression for sure, but is that person that doesn't uh which is really honestly more dangerous the for lack of a better phrasing the Robin Williams type who does not wear that anxiety and depression on the outside right, right? like does the scene where Elliot discovers that the this Elliot created an alternate version of him or what any, you know what I mean? When he's looking at all the pictures, um, he, uh, he's, he's looking at like Facebook photos. He's like, Oh, this Elliot doesn't have crippling social anxiety and depression or whatever. When like, like if you re examine that, like it's, that's not necessarily true. like, that's a version of Elliot that other people see because he feels like he has to pretend to not have those things when really inside he could just be like this version, this hooded version of Elliot who who just wants to go home and be away from everybody and all of that stuff, you know?
1: Uh, I I'd be really curious to see if he comes to grips with this identity disorder that he has. Um, you know, I've always said schizophrenic, but identity disorder is like a—I mean, it's a way better term. Period.
0: Well, yeah, because it is he the does clinical definition.
1: Well, I mean, schizophrenic would be like. Uh, What's the movie that uh, Glass uh, The trilogy that What's his name wrote?
0: Yeah, the Unbreakable stuff
1: Yeah, Unbreakable, gla- Glass And what's the other one? Um, Shattered Something like I that Shattered <laughs> No way, is it shattered? It's something like that Because it's like Unbreakable Shattered Glass or something like that But uh, that dude really is schizophrenic. Like he turns into like other people. Elliot doesn't necessarily turn into anybody else. He just has different things. uh, I, I can't even say the word compartmentalized in his head. So each one exists on a different. In a different frame of mind, I guess. Uh, like sometimes he can be the kid Elliot that's, you know, been abused by his mom and sometimes, but anyway, I don't know where I was going with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, they are like, if you look them up, they are two different things.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, to me, schizophrenic means I'm like, you can see like a physical change in what's his name when he switches to an alternate personality. Now it's driving me nuts. I don't can't think of the name
0: of that freaking movie. What, it's not Shattered, though. I think I have it. Do I have it?
1: Split. split.
0: Unbreakable Split Glass. Yeah. Because it's split personalities. So... Um, oh, what was I gonna bring up? Oh, talking about becoming uh, seeing yourself as the villain. So for four and a half years of this show, we know Elliot as the faulty for sure, but the hero of this story. And for most of this first episode. Well all of this first episode we believe he's in an alternate universe like if you're buying into the theory, which I was so i I'm not even not even gonna pretend um and we see him murder himself, which is like yeah, he's killing himself, but he's still very much becomes the bad guy. It gets very Legion-esque. And uh, me and Jess talked about this too. But like, in, you know, spoilers for Legion. But uh, if you heard us talk about that, which you finished Legion, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, It might be one of my favorite TV shows of all time.
0: Spencer just finished it last night and texted me and said, Hey, I just want to let you know, I finally finished Legion. Like he said the two shows, but he didn't watch preacher. So I include preacher with it, but he said the two shows that you champion the most are maybe the two best shows of this decade. (laughs) And, uh, he was like, so like, I don't know what else to say other than, you know, uh,
1: preacher was good. I don't think it was one of the best shows of the decade.
0: It, Preacher is one of my favorite stories, and to see a show do justice to that story, oh, I can I get it means a lot more to me than the actual series does as a whole. If that makes sense,
1: yeah, uh, uh to because to me, Mindhunter is a head of Preacher, and so is two of the three seasons of True Detective. Uh,
0: I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I haven't seen the third season of True Detective, so. Um, but like, I, but basically, it's because that preacher story means so much to me. The fact that they adapted it and didn't completely, totally, royally screw it all up. Like, yeah, there's a lot of changes, but the the heart and the intent and the like the message of all of it is there. And that means a lot to me. So, like, so that show means more to me. Whereas if I'd never read the books, I would probably feel about it the way most everybody else feels about it. Like, oh, no, that was fun. So, um, anyway, back to to Mr. Robot. Uh, Basically, what I was saying was, like, it's a very Legion-esque thing to have this guy that we've for a while for the entire existence of the show thought was our hero become very much the bad guy. And and like, there's a clear line there. Like had this continued to be a alternate universe, I could not.
1: I'm so glad it wasn't.
0: (laughs) I couldn't like, I would go with, with them on this journey but I couldn't be in Elliot's camp basically for this journey. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, yeah, I can, I agree with you a hundred percent. I, when he killed the other version of Elliot and then we find out there's no Darlene, I was like, this is not an alternate universe. This is, that's when it all started to hit me. Like, this is him, like, cre- you know, you see the, the pictures that he's drawn. And it's like, this is Elliot's mind playing tricks on him. That's what got me thinking about the dream sequence. Then I was like, oh, my God, if they Bob Newhart this up, I'm going to be so mad. Because yeah. I was, I was, I knew it wasn't an alternate reality. I was like, okay, it's not French. And then I started thinking... If he's been in a drug-induced like coma or something stupid this whole time, I'm going to be so mad. I'd rather there be an alternate universe. Yeah. But yeah. thank God they didn't Bob Newhart it up.
0: <laughs> For anybody who doesn't get that reference, you can just Google it.
1: <laughs> now, all you got to do is uh, go, what season finale Bob Newhart show. Yeah. Series finale. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. It's uh, pretty messed up. Um, I mean, it's a funny joke, but it, it is a very, are, are, I, I guess for this show, it would be more like St. Elsewhere, where just in the last episode, you find out the entire show, like, we're just characters in the mind of an autistic child.
1: Oh, didn't know that. Spoilers for St. Elsewhere. Oh, you no. didn't know that? No, I've never watched St. Elsewhere.
0: Oh, I thought you watched St. Elsewhere. No. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, sorry, spoilers for the for that show that you probably can't watch anywhere. <laughs> um
1: I, if I can I'm gonna get Jamie to watch it so she can be surprised at the end.
0: <laughs> I mean she probably like it. It's a medical drama show, wasn't she into stuff like that?
1: Oh yeah, she loves all of that crap.
0: Yeah. So and then at the very end, uh one of the characters has an autistic kid and it shows him holding a snow globe with the hospital in it and like everything was just like characters. Like he took all of the people he knew and like recast them as characters in this like drama inside his head or something.
1: So that's kind of what Elliot does, but he, he still lives outside of that bubble. Right. Right. He just put his, the good, I guess like the wholesome Elliot, he put the, him in the snow globe and was like, "You need to live here so that you're protected yeah. from everything outside of that."
0: So, what did you think of Krista is Morpheus kind of moment thing? Like, that's very much a Matrixy. Yeah,
1: it, it this the the whole two hours kind of blew me away on the scale of Sa- Sam Esmail knows pop culture like. Oh my God, have you covered like every movie I've ever seen?
0: Is the king (laughs) of pop culture reference? I guarantee you there's references in here that we don't know are references. But like, just we barely talk, we, well, me and Justin talk about this at all. A, you open the show with Mr. Roboto. Like,
1: Oh when my god, god, man. When what? that happened, I knew I was like, this is going to be the greatest episode ever.
0: First
1: uh, of all, like, I know
0: every. It's like he created the show. Well, first of all, he created. I don't know where to think. Like, did <laughs> the song inspire the show? Is the show. Like, did he create the show and name it Mr. Robot and then go everybody's going to talk about this stupid song. So at some point we're going to have to address that issue of like, yes, yes. Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. But
1: it's perfect to save it for last because it's just, I took it as him saying thank you to the fans is what yeah. I took it. I mean, it fits with the show, but it it's also a very big payoff to the fans of the show. And it's a very big thank you because that's exactly what it means, is thank you, Mr. Robot.
0: <laughs> yeah. But like just the lyrics are freaking like I, I guess I just never thought about it. So I, I mean it's insane. Like you're wondering who my who I am, machine or mannequin. Which part With parts made in Japan, I am the modern man I've got a secret I've been hiding under my skin My heart is human, my blood is boiling, my brain, IBM I'm not a robot with emotions, I'm not what you see I've come to help you with your problems so we can be free What the hell, man? <laughs> I'm not a hero, I'm not a savior Forget what you know, I'm just a man whose circumstances went beyond his control What the hell, dude? <laughs>
1: Have we yeah, it was pretty perfect. This? <laughs> I I don't know. I guess we should have looked the lyrics up like from the jump. But yeah, I was watching it with the captions on and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Uh,
0: I mean, so yeah, I mean, just I, I am the modern man who hides behind the mask so no one else can see my true identity. Uh uh See, The problems plain to see Too much technology Machines to save our lives Machines dehumanize The time has come at last To throw away this mask Now everyone can see my true identity What the hell Dude (laughs) Like that blew my freaking mind
1: Yeah it's pretty
0: intense Um And all of the Back to the Future stuff is just great. Like if you're a fan of those movies, the way we are, there's things much like the Die Hard stuff earlier in the season. It's not a one-for-one one thing, right? Like it, it's not a shot-for-shot, shot or but there are things that he does, like him walking through the town square with that, like the camera, like coming down towards him.
1: It's, yeah, it's very just, much it back folks, to the future part two. It evokes yeah. all of that, like or even part one, both of like, them actually.
0: It's just so
1: crazy. Um, we always that, got that pan down. It's kind of like it's panning down as Marty's walking towards the camera. Right. That that happened a lot in back to in the future. And
0: all first. it happens in all three movies. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah,
0: it, it's uh, he is. The king of pop. Like, I don't everybody gives Tarantino credit for for that. And Tarantino does do that stuff. And he does it very, very well. Tarantino's pop culture is 70s, uh,
1: 60, like yeah, 60s, like mid sixties.
0: Yeah, mid to late sixties, seventies, maybe a little bit of early eighties stuff, but not a ton. Um like the Madonna stuff, you know, basically once you get past like 85, like Tarantino's not referencing any of that.
1: Well, a lot of Tarantino stuff too is if if you were to watch every written Tarantino movie in order, you would see each movie inspired by the next, by the previous movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very much. Natural Born Killers True Romance very much related um uh, they go in two different paths where one group is killers and one are actually just caught in a bad situation but at at heart they're still the same movie uh and you can do that with Tarantino's movies even kill bill you can see it inspired from pulp fiction because of the um uh, Fox force five. Yeah. Um, and to retell that story as a ninja type story, that's kill bill. I mean, that's what it is. And inside Pulp Fiction, you can see, uh, reservoir dogs. Yeah. Because because you've got these two hit men that work for a mobster. And it's basically about the crap they get their self into. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. But that does that didn't happen with Sam Esmo. It's like he touched on all of it without without you really knowing it if you did not know what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That make, that makes sense. It it's 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 not a reference, it's an homage.
1: Right. And Jackie Brown you can see total homage to, to the black exploitation films of the seventies. I mean, it's it's all there.
0: <laughs> that's why I think that Jackie Brown is probably still his best movie.
1: It's one of my favorites. It's hard for me to tell you which one's the best. I watched True Romance. I'm like, no, that's my favorite. I watched Natural Born Killers. I'm like, this is great, but to me, that's more Oliver Stone. So it's hard to give credit to Tarantino. And True Romance is more of uh, uh, Tony uh, Scott, that's where the greatness comes from. So it's hard for me to give Tarantino too much credit there. Um,
0: but yeah, all that to basically just say Sam Esmell, the king of pop culture homage. I mean, it's ridiculous. I would love to hear just commentary of him talking about what inspired. I know everything's not inspired by something, but they're very clear inspirations, and I would love to hear him just talk about like... Me, me too. Just all of that, you know? Uh, because I know there are things that we we haven't picked up on.
1: and Well, I think we live in a world where nothing's original, for the most part. And for him to take that and make it original just says a whole lot about what he can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, What did you think about the fact that Dom is the, the person that
1: caught him? To me, it was just just a a reason to 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 have heard the episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it came off to me. Of course it w- it should be Dom. Because she exists in his real life. What I didn't like is. I'm with you. Like Darlene never showed up. And the more I thought about it. What I said is all I could come. Like that's the only thing I could come up
0: with. What you said makes perfect sense. I never thought about it like that. Never. Oh. So, um, I, I think it, it's. Freaking spot on. Um, uh. So uh, that dream sequence uh, from season four, season one, episode four, that ties directly into the final episode. Um, I know we talked about it already a little bit, but I mean, just so brilliant. And I I know we throw this show or I specifically throw the show under the bus a lot. And so, but I'm going to bring up Lost again. So, sorry, Spencer. Um, there's still a lot of Lost that I love, and it contains one of the greatest scenes in television history. And, in fact, I will say this: the the constant scene and Lost between Desmond and Penny is more emotional than any single scene we've had in the entirety of Mr. Robot. It's a scene that will make me cry if I just think about it. But that show. Like they didn't have as much as they want to say they had a plan, just like George Lucas, as much as you want to say that you had a plan, like when it comes down to it or or Kathleen Kennedy and Disney now. uh, You very clearly did not have a plan. Like you did not know what the ending was going to be. And not saying the endings can't change. They can. But you need. When you're creating this kind of story. You need to know. What. What your. Your. Finale is. You need to know what the purpose is. You need to know. How you're going to end this story. And. Uh for A lot of things that we saw In this year Including Legion I love that show and I was Perfectly fine with the end I don't know that it was the End that it should have had though Because I mean not to get off on Legion but I mean David kind of gets his Redemption at the end And I don't know that that's okay Um Spoilers for uh, Rise of Skywalker But the end of that That movie as a whole Like as much as there's stuff in it That I really like It's just as an end It's not okay Like
1: It ended like a Disney movie
0: Yeah uh, Kylo gets like All is forgiven No like He's directly responsible for the deaths of Thousands if not millions of people They blew up a planet in the first movie And killed a bunch of people Like So him saving Ray Does not erase all of that You know Like It just it, It's not As far as endings go A lot of this stuff is just not I think Preacher had a very good ending
1: Oh <laughs> yeah I, I thought so too <laughs>
0: it wasn't the one i thought and it wasn't the one that i expected but i was perfectly content and satisfied with it this has a very good ending endings are extremely tough to do like they're they're just hard because if it's the end of something you're going to piss people off
1: isn't um, there an episode about in community about ending a story or something Just kill off the characters or something like that.
0: Probably. It's been a while. I need to do a rewatch of Community. Right now I'm doing a rewatch of Scrubs, which is another show that did not have... It had a satisfying ending, but then it didn't end. Like, it overstayed its welcome. Yeah. So, and, and maybe that's part of the reason why we should stop trying to resurrect things, you know, without a real concrete reason. There, there have been good returns, you know, uh, well, or good reimaginings or It whatever. happens
1: now more than it ever has. Yeah. But we also have more film and television now than we ever have. Yeah. But this is not a new concept of resurrecting, uh, TV shows specifically. No, no. I mean, it goes back to the 60s and
0: 70s. Yeah, yeah. I, I just... um One of the shows that geeks will inherently bring up when you talk about resurrecting a show is Firefly.
1: Yeah, Firefly. And, Freaks and Geeks was one for a while.
0: Yeah. And, like, no, those shows didn't end the way the creators wanted them to, but... Like they do well, Firefly kinda did with Serenity, but like they do have an ending and their ending is okay. So like I think this falls in that vein of shows like that. Like the ending is okay. I think we should just leave it alone. And I I don't know. I, I just I'm amazed that he landed the ship. Maybe not to everybody's satisfaction. Hell, maybe not even to his satisfaction. But he landed the ship and everything works. Like, there's, there are some questions, but there's no, like, this doesn't make any sense.
1: Kind There's of no lost moments? <laughs> yeah.
0: There's no, like, so are they alive? Are they dead? What's going on? Um, like, I'm so confused.
1: I think uh, yeah, Mister Robot did a very good job of making sure all the pieces fit, and not not leaving you. I can't think of any moment I can go back to and go, wait, wait, this doesn't make any sense. Um, because most of the time when it makes the least amount of sense, is actually when it's making the most amount of sense.
0: All of the dream sequence in season one, episode four. <laughs> I guarantee you if you went back and listened to our original discussion, we're like, yeah, this is crazy. None of this makes any sense. But now
1: when you watched it, hey, I mean it makes a lot of it it makes a whole lot of sense.
0: So um one other thing I I wanted to touch on, I meant to bring it up earlier. The the finale opens with Angela's mom telling her like I believe in another world. Will you believe with me that like that whole speech she's given to young Angela. um, Do you, I don't know how to bring this up without sounding hokey and stupid. And, but like, is this sort of a commentary on, There being an afterlife,
1: I mean, it's possible. What
0: like is the thing that White Rose was so passionate and believed in so much? Not an alternate universe, but a world beyond ours, like life after death.
1: I mean, it's very possible. Uh, Sam Asmell is not; he doesn't lay all his beliefs out there in in public, I don't know what Sam Esmail's beliefs are, really. Uh, which, I you know, all I ever read is what he puts on Twitter or whatever, but I don't know how much of... I don't even know what religion he is. Um, if that you, would that would be a good question to tweet any, Sam Esmel. Yeah. I wonder if he would answer that. Probably not. Uh, I wonder if he would DM you back. Probably not, because you can screen cap that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I mean, he's uh, American-born, but I think he's. Egyptian I think his family's Egyptian Crap I don't remember Yeah Egyptian Arabic Yeah I thought he was some kind of Arabic Uh, Rami Malek's Egyptian too Which Mm -hmm. that was another question Do you think any of this Like I know uh, Okay so there's So there's the meta commentary Of like this one Elliot creating This other Elliot Is there a meta meta Commentary of like This is a version of Sam Esmail That he Wishes he was and some of this is Autobiographical Like I don't know when that's a tough Question to ask somebody like Did your dad molest you is this Autobiographical like Is this you trying to Um you know, like work some of that out. Um, I, I don't know. And I'm not saying it is, but like it's an interesting thought that some of this is sort of autobiographical.
1: Oh, uh, I didn't know he's married to Amy Rossum. I'm super jealous now. Yeah.
0: They've been together since, uh, uh, the, the movie Comet.
1: 2017. Yeah. They got married in 2017.
0: Yeah. They were dating before that though.
1: Oh, sorry. I'm having a coughing fit.
0: Yeah. Me and you
1: both I love Amy Rossum though
0: Yeah she's pretty great She was in this season In a cameo I think we talked about it
1: I don't remember uh, If we did or not though Yeah I was just Reading the Sam Esmel biography stuff Um yeah it's uh it's I mean
0: he's an interesting dude. So um I mean he gradu so he graduated from Washington Township High School.
1: Uh Washington
0: Township takes I that's what I'm saying like how much of this is him right Imagine he's,
1: he's from New Jersey yeah from Hoboken yeah, Hoboken
0: yeah He's, uh, he's talked about, like, uh, are you on his Wikipedia page?
1: Yeah, he went to NYU.
0: Yeah. Uh, big Stanley Kubrick
1: fan. Like. There was some Kubrick stuff in Mr. Robot. Yeah, for sure. Um. Uh. He was in. Kubrick was a big, like isolation type guy a lot of his movies had a lot of isolation type stuff going on much like Sam Smails
0: yeah and uh uh Esmail was part of like the dot com boom at one point which you can kind of see some of that in here um but yeah it it's all Anyway, it, it. My point is like, do you think that that part of this is him?
1: Oh, he's Muslim.
0: Okay. Well, his wife's
1: Jewish, so there you well, go. His family is Muslim. Okay.
0: I'm not. It doesn't matter to me, but. I actually, no. Have,
1: just you had asked, like, uh, is this a view on?
0: Have you seen that show on Hulu called Rami? I think it's called Rami. It's like I've, the,
1: uh, I've seen it advertised. It's so
0: freaking good, man! It's so good. Um.
1: Anyway, I don't remember what we were talking about. Uh, he lived in South Carolina too. It's not a good place for anybody who's... When he was five, his family moved to South Carolina. Oh. Uh, um, he said he used to hold Stanley Kubrick film festivals at his house in high school. Oh, uh, there you go. Back in my day, those are things that would get you beat up.
0: <laughs> uh, so... So I don't, anyway, I don't think I'm too off base in that, like, he's writing a version of himself.
1: No, uh, he got his first computer when he was nine and says he began computer programming a few, how have I never read this? I don't know. A few years Uh, later. so, So,
0: I talked about this with Jess and one of the things, probably one of the biggest downfalls of this podcast, but it's one of the things I've appreciated the most about this podcast is that this whole podcast exists in a bubble in our bubble. We don't do a lot of outside digging. We kind of just reference ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably the worst possible thing to do, but it also I think in a way kept us pure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we just confronted the show on its own terms and on (laughs) our terms, like whatever we brought to the show, like that's what it was for us. Like it didn't matter what anybody else was saying about it.
1: Oh yeah, completely.
0: And it didn't matter what the inspirations were, whether we caught them or we didn't catch them. Every once in a while we'd reference something we saw on Reddit or we'd Google something and you know, but for the most part, this show existed. this podcast existed in a bubble. And like, maybe that was to our discredit, but it's also one of the things I've enjoyed the most is not having a lot of outside influences on the things that we discuss it all feels more or less natural. Um, like, w- <laughs> unlike Sam Massimo, we didn't go into this with a game plan. We didn't meticulously research anything. We didn't, like, we just were passionate about it and talked about what we talked about. If we missed stuff, we missed stuff.
1: And, like, I really enjoyed that. So. I just... Learned a whole bunch of stuff about Sam Esmail well, I didn't know. Was Very they- much into <laughs> computer science. Okay. Uh, worked for an internet startup before founding his own ISP called Portal Vision. At age 20, he raised $6 million in venture capital funding during the dot-com boom. But as the dial-up became outdated, so did his... So he left that uh, position and went to Dartmouth on a creative writing program. Oh, there you go. In 2001, he attended the AFI Conservatory. He graduated with a Master of Fine Arts and Directing in 2004. Wow. And then we get Mr. Robot and Comet. Yep, and then uh, he adapts the homecoming uh yeah that that was brilliant too uh um that had a without being so isolated had a very much the characters were very isolated themselves um even though it took place in a very big like commune where there was a bunch of people but uh you could see it in Julia Roberts character and what's his name's character that they were both very both very much isolated and then that's kinda why they were drawn to each other.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway,
1: that's a whole another <laughs> homecoming is nuts, guys. Y'all need to watch it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty great. Um
1: it's got me way, way, way excited. For the new show he's got coming Well I mean he's just producing that though Yeah I know but he's still going to be involved
0: Yeah I want to see Uh Like His next original
1: Thing uh, I think it'll be good Uh He signed a, a deal with somebody, didn't he? Uh, Amazon? Uh,
0: Universal? Amazon? I don't remember. I don't either. I thought it was Universal. <laughs> yeah, a four-year exclusive deal with Universal Content Production. Whom he had already produced Mr. Robot Homecoming and Patch with.
1: Um, Let's see Announced is Angeline TV miniseries He's developing Battlestar Galactica We'll see if that
0: Comes to fruition uh, I know there's a Bermuda Triangle movie That he was working on At some point Um,
1: yeah, It's still untitled Yeah It's just announced So and then, uh, him Metropolis. and Rami Malek
0: were looking, yeah, Metropolis was one he wanted to do. And then him, him and Rami Malek were doing the, uh, uh, American Radical, the undercover Muslim FBI, uh, agent.
1: Oh, that, that'd be great.
0: Um, I mean, it's a true story, but it's been sort of like touched on in different places. So I don't know if that'll ever come to
1: I think the Metropolis thing would be freaking fantastic.
0: He's been talking about that since season one. So,
1: um, it's not Superman Metropolis, guys. It's uh, the you know, old the sci-fi, book. The, yeah. The silent. It, it was a movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Or is it a book?
0: Red Slang's Metropolis. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Metropolis. Yeah. Film. Silent film. Yeah. So,
0: um, yeah I, i'm i'm very interested to see what his next his project not producing like his writing and directing like what his next thing is going to be because i mean he did not do this show alone like we know that um but like if you go back and and just like his his hands are in all of it you know like there's no false steps like there's um,
1: no a Faloney type with this, his star wars yeah thing. yeah um Filoni learned everything he knows from George Lucas
0: and then became a better version of yeah,
1: George of George Lucas. Lucas and uh he needs to be in charge of everything at Star Wars anything Star Wars Baloney needs to be keep, in charge yeah,
0: of people keep saying John Favreau and I'm like no Favreau is a fine like filmmaker and a creative voice. He's not he's not a the
1: dictionary of Star Wars. baloney is a Star Wars dictionary yeah um it, he'll tell you why you can or cannot do that yeah and he'll know why like yeah. you can't do that because here here and here uh it said this this and this and so we cannot, we can't interrupt that balance. So we're not going to do that.
0: And I, I think me and Spencer probably talked about this, but like, um, a lot of creators like this are falling into, uh, franchises. And I mean, we have Noah Hawley, uh, possibly doing, uh, Star Trek right I think that would be fantastic Um, Wasn't it Noah Hawley Yeah yeah. Um, We have uh, uh, One point in time Sam Esmail was rumored to be Involved In something Star Wars Possibly writing And I mean I think it'd be great I'd love to see I mean if it turned out he was working on a Disney plus series or, but I mean, his, his deals with universal. So I, I doubt that.
1: Um, I'd like to see him create his own. That's what I was about
0: to say. If we're getting into Sam, I going to work in a franchise. Like he created such a unique world with unique characters and, I would like to... And I guess Battlestar Galactica is him kind of working on a franchise. But I I still have my doubts that that's even going to come to fruition. I would like to see him do his own thing. Like just completely original material. Because I think he, he, he is that creative. Maybe more so than any other uh, person working right now.
1: Yeah, I think he could do it easily. Um, I I don't think he needs the, the name recognition of a Battlestar Galactica. Even if they let him do whatever he wanted to do. I think he could do that without using that crutch of, oh, it's Battlestar Galactica. I I will say
0: this. His deal is with Universal. There have been rumblings, unfounded rumblings, over the last, what, 10 years, that Back to the Future is a franchise that they might want to revisit. If anybody... Anybody was going to step in there and revisit that property through like any, any kind of way. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to say a reimagining or a remake or whatever. Um, but if anybody was going to step in and do something like that, I do think that he is the, the guy. He might be the only guy that could do it. And I'd be relatively okay with it.
1: Maybe. Uh, I know that Zemeckis has had his ups and downs. Uh, Bob Gale. I mean, I like most of their movies, but that don't mean they were all hits. Yeah. Um, but to me, those guys did such a great job. I just never want to see that touched ever again.
0: So, actually, there's a Wikipedia page for um, universal franchises. And uh, so Battlestar Galactica, Back to the Future. Ones that uh, the Bourne films. Um, he, he might make a pretty good Bourne movie. Um
1: now see, to me that's a franchise you could reboot because they screwed it up a lot. <laughs> the last one was pretty good. I didn't watch the mini
0: series that aired, but um Jurassic Park is a universal franchise, but it's still more or less going strong. Now, there's been a lot of talk of whether their Universal Monsters franchise is or isn't dead. Yeah. I think he is also... Again, this is all... I would rather him do something original, but if this is like he's going to be attached to some kind of franchise thing, he might be the guy you could put as the Kevin Feige of... Like, okay, you are the front man for this universal dark horror universe, whatever they're trying to create that keeps failing, you know, with the mummy and all of that stuff. Dracula... Like he could be the guy for that. That would be interesting. Yeah, maybe. Um. Uh Fast and so, Furious, which actually he got to start working on like behind the scenes, like the behind the scenes footage or whatever for Fast and Furious. I just wish
1: they would kill that franchise off, but yeah, whatever.
0: Maybe. Um Universal does own Knight Rider.
1: That would be very interesting. I'd be into that. Because there's there's a lot of ways you could revamp that. Yeah. I, it doesn't have to be... Hell, It doesn't even have to be restricted to a car. I mean, you can get Alexa where you can move it around from car to car now. Yeah. Um, that would
0: be pretty interesting.
1: I think that would be really interesting. Um.
0: Um. Again, I I would still rather have see him do something more original than franchise related. So, um. But yeah, any uh last thoughts on the finale? I, I mean, I know we probably oh just plenty of stuff we didn't talk
1: about. I'm sure. So no, I don't. I'm um. Satisfied with the way it ended Uh, I feel there was a lot Left to be said but That's not always a bad thing Um, I I mean I wasn't Disappointed at all
0: Yeah me either Um, I think this is A show that will Definitely reward Rewatches With the knowledge That you have like, I mean, I I want to do a rewatch now. I think it'll be a while before I do another one. But just knowing what I know. Like, it, it could change the entire perspective of the show. So, um, especially the knowledge. And, and Chris, thank Krista says this. That, like, and we, we talked about this early on. Uh, especially Jess talked about it a lot, too. Like, are we a personality? Like he talks to us. Are we part of that psyche? And the answer is yes. You know, like fake Krista tells us yes. So it it would just be, it, it would be interesting. And I think like a lot of the greatest shows ever, it will just reward rewatching.
1: Oh, uh, there's going to be people that write like thesis statements on this television show. I mean, yeah. Uh,
0: it's amazing what, what they accomplished. It's amazing what he accomplished. Um, I said statements, papers. <laughs> wow. Well, um, we're so we're not quite done talking about it yet. Um, we've we've got this episode coming. I've already recorded an episode with Jess, which you'll hear after this. Spencer wants to talk about it. Um, So maybe all three of us can sit down very soon and talk about it. And then uh, we got to decide what we're going to do for episode 200. So if it's just going to be Hey guys, thanks for everything. Goodbye (laughs) or, or whatever. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out. So hadn't quite put a a ton of thought into it, but I hadn't
1: really thought about it at all.
0: (laughs) I mean, fair enough. You don't have to do anything I, I can do. Uh, I can do whatever. So 'Cause this will be episode one ninety six. Jess and I's discussion will be one ninety seven. Uh whatever uh either just me or me and you or what or whoever the discussion with Spencer will be one ninety-eight. And I'd like to get to two hundred, but I mean if we don't get to two hundred, I guess we can end with one ninety nine.
1: <laughs> we could end with one ninety nine and say, See you guys next week and then never come back. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um
0: Okay. Yeah, at Mr. Robot Podcast. Uh on Twitter, mister Robot Podcast at gmail dot com. Everything else we do is at xwingfiles.com, including the Star Wars podcast that has just fallen off the rails. Um I partly blame myself, but also it feels like nobody else ever wants to do it. <laughs> I, I feel like the rise of Skywalker did the opposite of what we wanted it to do. Mm,
1: um, maybe <laughs> I
0: need to I need to go rewatch it. So I've seen it twice already, and I still have very mixed feelings. I really want to like it. And I just keep not liking it <laughs> um maybe i maybe we should no I, know. I was gonna say maybe we should do a last uh rise of Skywalker discussion for this this podcast, but I mean, we've already done it. You can listen to that podcast um and uh yeah i I guess we'll be back soon with whatever it is we decide to do uh. To wrap up this show Um And then We'll probably take a break And figure out what comes next So Right?
1: Yeah <laughs> I, I didn't know you were waiting on me
0: uh, Alright so uh, yeah we'll see you guys soon
1: Bye everybody